Hey guys, here's part two of Strawberry Cough and Democrats Unite. Just a reminder, we have dedicated this half of the pod to discuss the sexual allegations against Joe Biden. So if you're not comfortable with that, we completely understand. Thanks for listening to part one. Now, if you're still here. And we're going to talk about some Tara Reid. <laughs> so I feel like between, I don't know about, but between like Zach and myself, I must have read like 15 articles, <laughs> like all of it, different timelines. So, um, so Tara Reid um was a biden staffer in his office while he was the senator of delaware um in 1993 and she has um accused him of sexually assaulting her um and of digitally penetrating her in a alcove in the one of the senate capitol buildings um so yeah and uh i guess we're just we're just gonna get we're just gonna get to it. So um how do I how do we start this? What's the best way? I mean we're I guess... so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess I mean I'm not necessarily uncomfortable as much as like I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess uncomfortable maybe, but okay, well here's the thing why we what we felt we needed to talk about it, right? Because like we talked I mean like I don't think it's like fair to compare victim stories, but we talked about like Christine Blasey Ford. This is like a political thing. We can't, we just can't like let this, we can't let it go. We have to talk about it because. No, right. I I guess like my thing is just some of the stuff I was reading and and maybe I haven't like read enough to where I have like a, like official opinion on like what I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, I definitely I don't know it's it's just interesting to kind of like read some of the things about <clears throat> like uh, I was reading an article where uh, they interviewed like people like throughout her life um, who said that she had kind of a uh, manipulative and kind of shady kind of past and kind of left them in like lurches and um, but it was interesting because even one woman who has being was being uh, interviewed by them kind of said like well. Just because, you know, I don't want it to see, I don't want, should get, so this article is like basically trying to like write just because this person lied a couple times about this or, you know, didn't pay these people back rent or whatever means that they are lying about this allegation. Um, Like, I don't, she's like, I don't believe that. And I agreed with her, you know, but it's interesting the kind of things like without certain type of proof um, start popping up. People start to bring into question to try to determine. Um, plausibility um, on their own. So it's just, it's a lot to kind of um, unpack. And um, I don't it's know. It's, I will say my initial reaction to like, this is, this is like very, like I'm embarrassed to say it to you, but the initial reaction of me was like, let's say Christine Blasey Ford, when that first came up, I was like, like really? Like this feels like, politically charged right because it is no matter what right and i like hate that i thought that and i was like her trauma aside i was kind of like well i hope it did happen which is terrible for her for her personal trauma but i was like i hope it did happen so then we could get this man who's gonna block women's reproductive rights in the supreme court maybe off the supreme court right yeah and you hope it did happen so when people because if it didn't happen and she's going out there saying it happened, then it just also discredits right. vic- and like then, real victims. 
And then I wa- and then we wa- I mean I I think you did too. I watched the whole the whole fucking I recorded a C-SPAN. I watched all of it. And afterwards, I was like, oh, like he did it. This is his behavior is wild. He was screaming, crying, like c- couldn't cooperate things. Also, four four people signed an affidavit in Christine's like with the cooperating her story. And at the at the very least, I thought the even if even if unfortunately like the Senate committee like finds him, you know, I guess I don't know if not guilty is the word, but like he can still go on with the with the um process of becoming a judge, like at least that they would see his behavior and see that he like isn't worthy of the Supreme Court based right. on how he behaved in in his hearing. And that like, you know, didn't happen. So I wanna say like I I think that like we're getting into like a lot because a lot of Democrats look and seem in the media like hypocrites right now, right? Right. But I think there's a difference between like like there is a reckoning with believe all women no matter what upfront always now, right? So, which like I also think like he, yeah. I think the the mindset of like believe all women all the time up front is like also kind of skewed. Like I don't think like me too or, or just believing victims necessarily means like you don't investigate, you know, right. and um and and figure out what's going on. But and then at the end of the day, it's like without certain amount of evidence, no one can truly know what happened for the two people who. Said it happened yeah, and said it didn't happen. You it's know, literally it's like, like a he said, he said, she said. You know. Yeah, and so I don't know. I think like, I think like you said, it's like, I think there's like, uh, there's a pressure to just believe victims, but I think that's like a spin that's been like put out there that like makes like that's like a like almost like a gaslighting type of guilt. And I'm gonna say like some Democrats probably were quick to push that because it works for them politically, right? Like, right. The, but I feel like they have a respect where like, I don't think Fox News gives a shit about this woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they're just so, they're like, yeah, we're going to weaponize her against like Joe Biden. You know what I mean? Based right. on, they're just, based on their treatment of women in their own network, based on their treatment of like, you know, just Hillary Clinton, Chris, like, you know, so they don't really care. But she's, it's been using as a political weapon. And Tara Reid is somebody who should know that, right? So for me, like her personal trauma, if these allegations were true, like the timing is so – like she – when her interview with Megyn Kelly, she said, I'm not here to like to, – to, to change a national election. But like you are because he's her only candidate. Right. And election is six months away and you're coming out publicly. And she said that it's a way to um, tell her story with dignity. Um, But like, why couldn't you have waited six months? Like her, this, I'm sorry, this, this woman's trauma is not, is not as important as all of the women who are going to be affected if Roe v. Wade is overturned permanently. So, uh, like, she- that's a that's a fair opinion. Like, like I I agree. Like, 
It's just like <sighs> Zach also was mentioned like her tweet about like TikTok. What did she, she say about TikTok? She's <laughs> not, not the app. The expression. Yeah, I was like, she's doing some dances. She doing a I was like, that just. Um, I was like, that's a twist I did not see coming. No, in, but she, in March, she wrote something like TikTok. New information is going to be coming out soon. Like, get ready. Like, mm. sort of like um, looking forward to. It's almost like when someone teases an album. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like Lady Gaga, like teasing us about Chromatica. Mm. I think, and then on Megyn Kelly, you know, obviously to me and to anyone looking at that, it shows someone who is like sort of taking glee at the fact that the slow release of information is going to be politically damaging, which isn't yes. really like a victim's rights centered take. Right. It's more right. of a political take. But then on Megyn Kelly, when she asked her about that, she said people are pointing to that as as saying this shows that it might be politically motivated, Tara Reid said, oh, well, I was referring to Time's Up, the movement. Like, TikTok, Time's Up. This is an example of Time's Up. She should, like, the thing is, it's like, you, you use the hashtag. Yeah. Like, it's, you it's, use, it's about the, you use about the Time's the Up hashtag. you're trying to criticize the movement. I wonder, like, the conversation know. with, like, whoever, like, gave her that idea to say that. I got it. <laughs> TikTok, clock, time, time's up. Say it was about time's up. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like Obama game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there are th- like God. there are just these these things that you can't help but notice because of look like I'm not. There's no like I'm not shaming victims. I'm just talking about this one particular case and things around it that are. Like, yeah, it seems a little just muddy, you know? Like, she also is a, like, loves Vladimir Putin and wrote a, an essay, love letter about him, basically. Oh, my God. And she said it was for um, a Russian novel that she was writing, but the novel has never been published. And, um, like, like, it was like, like, she was working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna work, I'm just, I got this Russian novel, so I think I'm going to start with like one of the characters writing a love letter to Putin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's a nonfiction book, and it was her. Yeah, it was her words basically. Every every woman should love Putin with his shirt on or oh, off. Oh my goodness! And and it was also in the context of her saying that like having been writing this book or whatever, that she was growing to realize that there was. Russian xenophobia in America that was making Americans anti-Russian where in in reality, Russia is the sort of like anti-imperialist, anti-America that we could maybe learn something from and we should emulate rather than um, the like mainstream media trying to throw Russia under the bus, which from like a liberal point of view doesn't really make much sense with everything we've learned about what's happened since 2016. 2015 yeah i i would uh i would agree there the the intelligence communities have you know we all know that russia is trying to meddle and mess with the u.s election and um it is just like such an odd take i don't i don't i just don't get it (laughs) 
And also the xenophobia part, like as Zach, you mentioned to me prior to like xenophobia targets, like the people of a country, not their, like their government. Right. I don't, I don't really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been an American for X amount of years and I've never, (laughs) you just got here. Yeah. I've never like, you know, there, there are like communities where Russian people live, but it, but I don't feel like they have their rights have been taken away, or there's not these like broad, ignorant generalizations about them. Besides, like you know, they're they're direct and drink vodka. Right. Like, what, I mean, what xenophobia has that community suffered? I don't know. I'm not I'm not part of the Russian diaspora, but I feel like that's not really a popular topic in American culture or politics. No, I mean, no. And I think it's relevant to her because she she brings up her relationship to domestic abuse and a mm. personal history of, of abuse and yes. trauma as a way to sort of establish her credentials as someone who wouldn't lie about it. And also someone who understands the complexity of being a victim and not behaving in a way that might make sense rationally to people mm. looking at it from the outside. So it, I think if, if someone were to see her comments on Putin and Russia, who is famous for not being a champion of women's rights, LGBTQ rights, the rights of abuse victims. I mean, also just like, you know, recognizing the autonomy of others, like, like Crimea, like there's just so many, right. so many ways to look at Putin, unless you don't believe any of that. The, the pussy riots. Conspiracy, like yeah. it's inconsistent. Him as a, as a folk hero is inconsistent with the values that she states to have about domestic abuse and, and sexual abuse. Right. And I think, it is, I, it's, it is, it does, when so, like a victim comes forward in any capacity, like people like, you know, attack her character and like now we're like all dissecting her lives, even us, you know, like we're, we're going down these holes, but I mean, it's just, I think it's all kind of fair. Like if, if uh, I just, there, ha- like an in, in investigation has to happen if you're, if you're coming out with this, because there must be an end game. She wants Joe Biden to drop out, right? Right. She, she said that. She wants Joe Biden to drop out. So, like, this is the highest office in the land, right? We have to we have to be serious about this. And so I think it is okay to talk about her, like, Russian, her, like, you know, her her thoughts on Russia and how it conflicts with the view she claims to have and like the tweets that she talks about with the TikTok like those seem but then like you know there was that political article that that the headline was like she is a manipulative liar and mm-hmm. that is fucked up like right. you that's not a he- like and how many people are just going to read that headline yeah and it was it was interesting like the different people that they interviewed like one was um this um older woman who she had rented like some rented from Yurt. them and like worked on their land. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, I guess They're after your, the, okay. yeah, when the old lady's like husband had a um, brain cancer or something like something happened with his brain, they had to sell their property. And she was like, you're gonna have to pay me to get out of here. There was like a lot of people that basically like all kind of talked about how um, she uh, 
always always be like, oh, I can't, I can't pay rent. Uh, you know, I'm going to pay late and would always kind of get them on her side by telling her story of, about domestic abuse. Um, one woman or the lady, the older lady was also a psychologist and she said that she confided a lot of things in me, but she never told me this. Um, and then one mm-hmm. woman was a lawyer and said that uh, when she lived with her, she had like, you know, told her her story and she felt bad. So she reduced the rent to like 200 bucks a month. And then she still was like always like laid and saying how she couldn't pay and asking to borrow money. And then she hit her up like right before she's like, I guess, like announced. Um, and the lady was like, I felt like she was like um, trying to like test me out to see if I would like work pro bono, pro bono for her. I mean those are just I mean again none of that means like that she's lying or telling the truth but it's just it's just interesting um you know and I also think like you know you've done those kind of things you have to kind of be like we know what happens in the society you have to be ready to like explain not necessarily explain but like just be ready for people to be talking about that and try to deduct that information when there isn't more solid evidence for them to like you know make a opinion on if they believe it or not yeah it's like you know adele when you post that instagram like people are going to talk about it <laughs> i was like what you know people are going to do people are gonna talk about it that's what i'm saying like the society is not kind to women yeah you know um and especially ones who who are like in the face of a powerful man um and in the in that you know let's get to joe biden you know We've we've seen the, the memes. We've seen him smelling women's hair. Yeah. You know, we've seen him put his hand on a woman's shoulders and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that. That's not for me. Yeah. Um, but I was pleasantly okay, so PBS NewsHour came out with a a a pretty detailed article. They interviewed seventy-four of Biden's former staffers. Mm. Um, a lot of them around the time. Tara Reed was uh, working for him. Oh, sorry, one pause. When you first texted me about talking about this, I like misread the last name and I thought you meant Tara Reed, like the uh, like early 2000s, like it movie girl, blonde one. Um, and I was like, why the fuck do you want to talk about her? From National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? I was so confused and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Leave Tara Reed's a Jersey girl, guys. Oh my god, really? I think so. Um, yeah, the names are unfortunate. Not gonna lie. Um, but uh, so they did this this um, article that I was I was really expecting to hear some bullshit. Like I was scared to read it. I was gonna be like, I'm sure there was like a fucking boys club. Like this is it's not gonna look good for Biden. We're gonna hear some stories, and you know what? Apparently. His office was one of the offices that had more women um, working for him. Uh, he was the head of the, ju- the Judiciary Committee during Anita Hill, which is also a terrible look for him. Mm. We, can't, we can't forget that. Um, but his committee was like, of, uh, it was the, he had more women on the committee. Um, there were also... Uh, like, oh, Zach, what was that rule that, like, he didn't want um, young staffers, specifically women, to, like, work any events? Yeah, they had, like, a stated rule about not having having um, staffers serve drinks or, or do, like, demeaning 
things mm. like that. And that like if, if someone were to get Joe coffee, it was usually um, a male staffer, um, which was all like, it was, it was refreshing to hear. I mean, you then, you know, Tara has said like some of these people um, could still be in Joe's favor. And if he were to be the president, perhaps they, he would hire him and put, so like she, she has mentioned there could be motive, but uh, um, a lot of the staffers are no longer working in politics. Uh, there was one yeah. of his one of his staffers who was worked on him, who was a lawyer on the Judiciary Committee, um, who stated that uh, Joe, like they had many many um, meetings in his private office, and she never felt uncomfortable. And one time she was on a flight with Joe to go somewhere. They traveled. Um, you know, throughout the country together and um, a fellow senator was like, oh, let me sit down next to this pretty one right here, Joe. And Joe like went off on him. And I was mm. like, no, we're here to do business. Like that's inappropriate. Which I was like, I mean, none of these things, like once again, he said, she said, like none of these things are like, oh, this is proof. But right. it was, it was like a culture in his, in 1993 that I was like not expecting to read about. Right. Yeah. Like if you do an investigation, which is what all these journalists have been doing, and you find a history that is antithetical to this one person's account, then that doesn't disprove what she's saying, but it it complicates the narrative about how if this were if there was no statute of limitations, if there was a way to um prosecute, you know, would she be able to have a claim hold up in court other than in the court of public opinion where whatever she's saying may or may not confirm something that seems believable rather than something based, you know, in a pattern. Yes. Right. Yes. And unfortunately like Congress was like a sexist shithole. I'm sure it's sure it is now, but in 1993, it was probably fucking awful. Remember T like one of our first episodes, we, we were like, there wasn't a female bathroom, like, available until like the late 80s or something or maybe even the early 90s do you remember we gave that i don't know i don't know if we ever actually talked about on the pod but i think we texted about it because i had (sighs) seen something and then i started doing research there was like yeah there wasn't a a restroom for women um for yeah until like the 90s and then there was like uh uh the gym there was a pool that was men only because like at one point one senator liked to like swim nude and it was like hella late in the game until they like um, made the gym co-ed. Um, yeah, there was also a list of senators to avoid during that time. Um, you know, like because because it, it was it was probably a rough environment for so many sta- like staffers, female staffers, absolutely. Um, and there was a list, and people on the list um, included. Uh, Senator Bob Packwood, who later resigned after public revelation that he had engaged in years of aggressive sexual behavior towards women, including staffers. <laughs> the rev- I like that he's called a revelation. He admits to being a guilty asshole. Yeah. I had a revelation that I'm a creep. <laughs> 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 like, oh, bravo, sir. <laughs> um, the late Strom Thurmond. Wow. What a surprise. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, Ted Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, mm. who didn't Tara Reid work for? 
She worked in Kennedy's. I think she had a friend at the time who worked oh, for him. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like he wasn't on that list uh, of creepy senators. And many of the staffers said that like Joe, Joe um, would leave to go to Delaware to catch a train like as soon as he could when the workday was over. Um, you know, like business and like get back to fam. Right. Also around 1993, I'm sure he was dealing like, when did his wife and son die? Was it around then? He was super, no, no, it was way younger. It was way younger. It was way younger when he was in his twenties. Sorry. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. And also like, um, he's, he's, he's been like a big advocate for, for women, despite like staffers that said like, yeah, he would like smell our hair and like show and it was weird and we should have said something at the at up top but it didn't feel like as predatory it didn't feel like gross it felt more like they said like with a sense of empathy for like our plight one of the staffers said which like felt weird to me but i guess i could kind of see it he's like oh it sucks that you guys don't get a fair shake let me rub your shoulders i don't know the sniff is like what i don't know it's weird I mean, he has come forward to say, like, you know, times have changed, which is, it's like, that's an annoying thing to say. Like, that's like fucking Harvey Weinstein kind of said that, you know, like, it was different back then. I'm not comparing Joe to Harvey. Like, he. No, I know. It's just funny. Like, like, times have changed. It's like, bro, you should have known, but. Yeah. But, like, it's like he was saying, like, I was using physical touch to disarm you so that I didn't seem like someone in a position of superiority because those people wouldn't do that. Yeah, many people have said that Joe was like that. You know, he was like, he was a, he's a tactile politician. I think he even said that himself. He's like tactile. He likes to give you a hug or whatever. That's so, why he's Joe and not Joseph. That's good old, that's, old yeah. Joe. So, Uncle Joe. Um, so but yeah. The, but the other useful piece of information is that one of her contempor- Tara's contemporaneous witnesses from that time her friend, who is still anonymous. I think they refer to her as Karen in the Megyn Kelly interview. They did. Which is a funny choice. But (laughs) that person was interviewed and went on the record um, back in 2019 when they were trying to, when like news sources, you know, because the big criticism is that major news sources didn't air the story and wouldn't. when. Was it with PBS? They were interviewing this person. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, Sam? I do know who you're talking about, but I just know it from the Mel and Ke- Megyn Kelly interview, so I don't really know. Well, this person um, went on the record saying that, I think they used the expression- Oh, I think like, I read it in like US Weekly, actually. All of the articles are like swirling in my yeah. head. Well, this person, her friend, said it's sad but true that it's not as bad. Her case wasn't as bad as other people's cases were. There was no example of kissing or explicit touching or anything like that with Tara. It was more just that he would physically sort of intimidate and and do that thing of like taking ownership of her space in front of other people and get too close and that it and and that it never went beyond that. And now in 2020 that person has said that that they knew of the sexual assault all this time and that the only reason they went on the record saying that it never exceeded harassment in like a metaphysical sense 
was that Tara had come to them that year and asked them not to disclose. So they were thinking that what they were saying now, their sort of retraction of their right. thing saying there was no explicit touching or even assault was that Tara had asked them not to because she wasn't ready yet. But they went on the record affirmatively denying that that had happened, which isn't omission. It's actually false information. Right. Okay. So there's lots of examples like that. And it's that like, are, and if that's true, then you're the kind of person who would just lie on oath because someone asked you to. So that's also another. again, like, could you just be doing, just be lying now? You just admitted that you lie. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. They could have said, I don't feel at liberty to discuss the details of it on behalf of my friend who's very sensitive about this, but yeah. they like affirmatively went above and beyond which either says that they didn't know that information then and retroactively Tara wanted them to say, I always knew it was an assault or that it was a coordinated plan to slowly disclose details. But either way, it's if you're going to just believe that her witnesses, some of which are contemporaneous, some of which are sort of more like hearsay speculative you're going to have to already believe that it's true to start believing the retroactive changes in the stories mm-hmm. as being like a, a reflection of how hard it is to come forward versus changing the story, you know, intentionally. Right. Um, I also, there's some things have been brought up mostly in like right wing, some right wing tabloids that I've read, but they, they're not tabloids i don't know like whatever like reason.com is you know like these off oh, that's brand. like a libertarian site yeah yeah um that so so joe biden like has been a champion of women's rights legislatively right there's no doubt about that so he authored the violence against women act which um expanded penalties of gender-based crime and funded law enforcement prevention programs and women's shelters um, and he has described it as his proudest legislation, le- legislative achievement. Um, also, during uh, his, his tenure as vice president, he, um, he was in charge of like a government overhaul of handling sexual assault at college campuses and universities known as um, Title... What's, what's IX? What's that Roman neutral? Title IX. Title IX. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Title IX. So now there's like people coming out of the woodwork who say, you know, under Title IX, Joe Biden would be guilty because apparently in Title IX, like it's, um, there's not many chances for the accused to be given like due process and they're often expelled from schools. Mm. Um, And apparently like Betsy Davos recently announced like last Wednesday um, that she issued a Title IX regulations requiring the campus sexual misconduct proceedings use a presumption of non-responsibility, turning away from Title IX reforms that Biden himself made. So, like, even Title IX, which I didn't realize, like, could probably be using some due process because I also read an article, I think in The Atlantic, about how it still disproportionately, like, affects people of color, too. Like, they're 
you know, because like a lot of like there have been accusers who have been white women accusing black men. Um, mm. So like it's it's back to the reckoning that we have. It's like back to we maybe maybe we just like need to do more. We need to do more due process basically. Um, but at the same time, it's like now it's being used as a political tool. And Tara Reid, who's worked in politics and is a lawyer, should know, should understand the optics of that and know how that works. So now it's going to be, it could quite possibly be used against Biden if somebody at a press conference asks. So Betsy Davos is revamping Title IX. Right. What do you have to say about that? Oh, like us? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm just, no, sorry. That, that was me being the reporter, but it's just like, you know. like, like, why does this have to even happen? You know, if it's true or not true, it's like, ugh. this election is just stressful enough, you know? Like, honestly, like, as soon as Joe Biden got into the race, I was like, great. He's going to get the nomination. Old white dude, duh. Yeah. I think, I think the way that it should be looked at is, is how do we reform our systems of vetting and of nominating people, not even just like nominating candidates, but like the pool of candidates that are, that run campaigns. Is there, is there a way to vet them more thoroughly? Is there, is there some sort of commission that can happen that can allow people to safely come forward? Right. Is there a way to do that? Because the way it's happening now, the conversation is all about proving what did or didn't happen, but not allowing for enduring change because it's just polarizing and becoming more partisan, like right-wing people using it as a way to make Democrats look so hypocritical that they can't be trusted anymore. Right. And, you know, Tara Reid should know that. (laughs) Like, you know, and she said on Megyn Kelly, like, this is, I'm not doing this to like shape the election. I think I said that up top, but it's like, you know that it's going to. Right. And I mean, with her personal trauma aside, um, I obviously will never know, like, unless, I don't know, but somebody admits something or there's a long trial, like we're never, we're not going to know. Um Right. But in different, in different cases, you know, like, for example, like all the accusers of Trump, like Trump's character is well documented as him being a sleazy person who owns beauty pageants, who would walk in on girls undressing because he said he could. There's a, <laughs> there's a, a hot mic of him saying he's going to grab, he can grab women by the pussy. He just does it. They don't even ask without asking. There's like what? 17 women have come forward. Sam, don't, don't, don't forget like what my dad said. That's just locker room talk. That isn't, he's just joking about those things. He wouldn't actually do them. (laughs) Right, 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 right. God, he's just a prude American. (laughs) (laughs) The the annoyance in Tiana's fake laugh about her dad. (laughs) No, it's that was still and, and still like the same, so annoying. The same with like Brett Kavanaugh, right? There's a trail of him like as a Fed, like he he has wrote for the Federalist. He worked, he clerked for the for Bush. Like he had a hard stance on women's reproductive rights. Mm. Right. So even though these women 
like don't want to come forward for the scrutiny, including ta- like including any victim who has happened, like they're going to be scrutinized, right? They, they're going to, they came forward because so many other women's issues were on the line. Right. Like the, these were, these are men who are actively blocking women's right to healthcare and, and reproductive access. Like it's active. Trump, um, he's only going to put pro-life judges. It will, uh, anti-choice judges, excuse me, anti-choice judges. Uh, Kavanaugh is documented, you know, in, in, and he, and he has also been the dissenting opinion on a lot of like reproductive rights case, right, rights cases that have been popping up. Right. And wasn't the confirmation process being like historically rushed in a way that was like frightening to people? I actually can't recall. I'm pretty sure that was, I feel like that's the main difference here that when people want to compare, just people want to compare Christine Blasey Ford and Tara Reid just on the merits of the fact that Democrats believed one immediately and didn't want to believe one, the other one immediately. Exactly. Yes. But it, but not only are both cases completely different and we should never compare all cases of abuse as though they're all the same, which is an irony that it, that, that also diminishes the power of me too, if everyone's going to be compared to everyone else. Right. Yeah. But also it really does. But you can't I you just like can't help because like as you said, they're using it as like this tool of democratic hypocrisy. Yeah. And, and the thing with Brett Kavanaugh is he had never been vetted to the extent that Joe Biden has been vetted. That is and yeah. so coming forward wasn't just about maligning his character or about making him seem like someone who's guilty of assault, but of showing also the, the pitfalls of just confirming people and rushing them through without anyone knowing anything about them in terms of their like character. Right. Yeah. And, um, there's also the, so now Tara and like Tara's camp, now she has a a lawyer and they're trying to get the complaint she filed in 1993 um but apparently it's like not in the senate archives zach can you do you remember like the details on that one like the harassment but it's like not in the archives and joe biden said yeah go for it but it's not there it's like in some it's senate. not there um the I, I i don't know i've heard i've read different things like that they can neither confirm nor deny its existence only that they don't have access to it, like the National Archives, um, because something about a rule of like, it takes like 50 years for those things to even be able to be looked at or something. Okay. Mm. And, and with that too, like Tara, Tara has said that there is no, um, she has been quoted in interviews to say that nothing about that complaint states sexual harassment. It was just a complaint because, um, you know, there's, there's like so much more to talk about, but we've been like going for a while. But anyway, like, so she has said that doesn't say there's sexual harassment. And just as like, I made a complaint because I felt like I was being pushed out and I was fired um, without reason. But even though staffers at the time said that she was fired for her poor performance on the job. Right. Mm. Um, and so, but in the Megyn Kelly interview that I just watched, she said, as soon as we find that, like, then you'll have your answers. Like, then that's the proof is in the pudding, basically, if you find that, if you find that document but if it doesn't state like the sexual harassment claim i don't understand like why that would be the be all end all 
Yeah, like the smoking gun. The smoking gun. It's, it's because she was, I mean, they. it's because beyond the National Archives, there's this idea that his senatorial personal records that are being held at University of Delaware, that they'll contain personnel records and notes at the time. And so she said that Ted Kaufman, is that his name? Someone who worked for Biden at the time. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. That, that he she had a meeting with him and that he took notes and that his notes would be in those Senate records that oh. are at University of Delaware. I actually think Ted Kaufman doesn't know who said he couldn't remember who she was. Exactly. Oh, so she's okay. hoping okay. that if his notes are there, it proves that he's a liar. So they're basically trying. But the, the real thing is, obviously... Wait, so is she saying that she told him about it and he took notes on it or that he just took notes about meeting with her? That he took notes whenever he had meetings and that during the meeting that she was telling him about her discomfort in the office oh, okay, or okay. harassment, that he took notes, that he okay. always took notes and his notes were always saved. She wants to establish that there's a reason to open Biden's records. Mm. And I, if, if, if there is a coordinated effort to beyond looking for proof of, of her specific complaint, but of finding things within Biden's records that are detrimental to his campaign, it can only happen if those records are opened. In the same way that Trump won't release his tax records, Biden mm. won't release his personal records. And Ted Kaufman was like the per like her coworker, like the person she reported to perhaps, or her equals like bought like her boss's boss, kind of. Mm. And he's on record saying, like, I don't, I don't really remember her, but I'll take like, the person who let her go was, like, his, his under, like, one under him, right? Right, right, right. He's like, I'll take that guy's word for it because I remember working with him, and if he let her go, he let her go. So he's, like, on record saying he doesn't remember her, but, like, she's saying that he has, the, he has these notes about it. So a lot of... It's just, um, like you said, it's just, like, rough. The timing is, like, awful. Um, I hate that we, like, are even discussing it, but I would feel, you know, I would feel wrong if we didn't because we've discussed about many of these issues before in the past. Yeah, and then it would just look like we were just pretending like it's not happening. Exactly, which I would like to do. <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> but I can't. No. I just, like... I know it's like a negative maybe like viewpoint, but I just feel like we're at a point now where I'm just like, fuck, like there's not a smoking gun. And what other options do we have? Like, do I just not vote? Right. And I obviously don't vote for Trump. Like, again, check on me if something I ever say anything like that. But like, I don't know. It's just... There's no other option. Yeah, and that, and that, that sucks. And I, I know that I think people, I mean, I definitely feel like frustrated by that. But again, he wasn't my choice for the, the jump, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah he, yeah, he wasn't mine either. I didn't vote for him in the primary, but like I, I respect the process and like he's the nominee or going to be the nominee. And it's just like, I don't know. My hands are tied. I'm I'm gonna have to vote for him. I'm just saying that. Like I'm, I don't know if I believe it or not. I know enough to know that I could never know for sure. Right. Um, but 
there's not enough like again like what would there's nothing like that would prove it in like court like you said at the top zach you know so and if he did if he did give access to his personal records and some of it leaked i mean it's the same with hillary you know she let people read her emails and then john podesta you know was on record basically making fun of bernie sanders which is his complete right to do yeah and yet people used it as proof that there was like a clinton dnc conspiracy to ruin bernie sanders candidacy and that if that hadn't existed he would have won and think of all the the things that joe biden like has changed his stance on as he's like evolved politically too you know like there could be archives of like a bill that he didn't co-sign that was like for you know low-income neighborhoods or like an environmental bill that he like rejected in 1983 or what more you know 89 or whatever so like hillary's emails that weren't much of anything it became such a political tool so so close to the finish line Mm-hmm. And that could any emails. I know, seriously. Literally, no one can like now that it's gone. And like, first of all, if Hillary was president, obviously it wouldn't be in here because more if a woman was president, like I'd, you know, I'm not saying women don't commit sexual assault, but uh, something tells me we wouldn't have a a long line of Hillary Clinton victims. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like so stressful. And like, how to talk about it. And uh, I mean, like, I guess if there's any new developments, I'll just roll with it. But I, I can't not vote for the only candidate who's stand like who's against Donald Trump. If it was like, yeah, if it was some other time, you know, like it was a primary. Get out of here, Elizabeth Warren, all the way. Oh my God, I mean, or like, probably, I guess Bernie would have won. Williamson or Elizabeth Warren supporter, she could have probably, you know hurt his candidacy to the point of him dropping out if it was early enough that like for example kamala she was willing at the beginning to make biden look flawed so flawed that he should not be the nominee right she because she still saw a path to the nomination for herself and was was willing to draw distinctions that would have made him less electable to a progressive base didn't tara say she reached out to the Kamala camp and they didn't get back to she her. Did. And they, there's no, no evidence of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there a lot of, he said, she said, but really just that's it. You know, like girl, yeah. you don't have, there's <sighs> no way to prove that someone isn't lying in terms of like, let's say, Oh, I called the Kamala Harris campaign. I told them about this. They never called me back. Where's the paper trail? They're, they're not, there's no way for them to, pr- to disprove what she's saying other than to take their word for it, right. which I think is a, is, a, is a tactic that's being used across the board. If, if yeah. there's already distrust in establishment figures and a belief that there are people that are willing to lie and lie frequently in order to uphold their agenda, then all it takes to invoke that is calling them a liar. I also think that liberals, like I always, I always say this though. I'm like, liberals just need to like, you know, who are in the spotlight congressional, like, I think they just fucking need to say like, like, I know it seems, seems hypocritical 
Like they should just say it. Like I know I look like a hypocrite. Like Chris, like Kristen Gillibrand. Like I know I looked like a hypocrite, but like if you just look at the both case, like you know they're very different. You know each case is not all is like the other, and also we have one candidate who is blocking women's rights and one candidate who's not. So I have to vote for the candidate that will help women in the long run. That's a very liberal thing. It's like such a liberal, like we're going to, we unfortunately, like I'm going to have to sacrifice this one woman's trauma for the good of the American, like of of American women, especially women of color. Like they, they should just fucking say that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause dancing around it and pretending like it doesn't look the way that it looks. Yeah. Only like doubles down on the, the idea of it. Yeah. So, I think the idea of creating the kind of crisis that would happen if our nominee, our presumptive nominee, ha- like suddenly dropped out, that only appeals to people that are supporting Bernie Sanders and are excited about the idea that his loss doesn't have to be a loss anymore. Right. No one else looks at that and sees an opportunity. They see an opportunity for Trump to win, to make Democrats look so in disarray that there's no chance to recover in six months. Yep. You guys. You know, why why don't we end on a kind of a funny note? (laughs) Please. Well, it's not really funny. The crazy old kook of the week. Oh, God. (laughs) It's the crazy old kook of the week. Why you gotta be so fucking crazy? Yeah, is Rand, the crazy old cuckoo of the week is Rand Paul because he's feeding into Obamagate and has now called for a committee to in, to investigate anybody who's in request unmasked information on people, including Joe Biden. So he wants Joe Biden to testify before Congress. Wow. Not about not about the allegations from Tara Reid, but about Obamagate. And Obamagate is nothing again. Oh, is yeah. that the whole like Flynn thing? Like, no, it's not. It's nothing. It's it's literally nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wouldn't they be able to ask him any question though? What if it was like a a, a catch, like a um, uh, a um, a trap, and they then they do ask him about Terry. Well, then he just keeps the same stance, right? Like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you you're bringing up you're bringing up maybe a po- I don't know, but yeah. Ugh. last time oh i didn't look up a, i've been just like so uh like reading all the because it's such a sensitive topic i've read so many fucking articles about timelines and like what she said like i just try to be really delicate that i didn't have time to look up like a, a heartfelt story of the week anybody got anything <laughs> oh, oh there was that there was a graduate together and obama spoke it was really sweet and I need like, to watch that. It was a graduate together and you know, like it was it had some whack ass music numbers by like the Jonas brothers and the other popular people. with the kids, you know? It's their, you know, it's their graduation, like okay. And Ob- and Obama, it was like, damn, I miss daddy. Yeah, just it listening to him rough. speak was like soothing. It was not, it was he's so competent and he's like, you know, we're gonna get through the, he very inspi- very inspiring. Very inspiring. Yeah, like that's what I want to hear when like someone's asking about what's going on right now. It's like, it's all right. Like we've been through hard times before and we're going to get through them. And like, I really do feel that way. Um, rather than hearing like, there's nothing wrong. Why are you like concerned about anything? It's like, what? <laughs> clearly something is wrong, sir. Something is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So that was really, that was nice. 
that was really nice. And my aunt was talking about, you know, this could be like something that in, you know, when this is all over years from now, like something that's really special for the class of 2020, you know, to have been the class that, you know, despite it all still graduated and like got everything done and had fucking Obama give your commencement speech. If we, if that, yeah, dude, Obama gave my, our college's commencement speech the year after Zach and I graduated. <gasps> Wait. We got, yeah. Oh my right? God. Yeah. yeah. We, Cause we're, did you walk or did you go to graduation Zach? I didn't. Okay. You know what? Something told me I knew that. Um, we had Greg Luganis, which like, yeah, he's an Olympic winning. Oh, I did. I did watch. I just didn't walk. Um, yeah. Or, um, yeah, I think I walked. He gave a terrible speech. Yeah, it was no, so bad. He, not saying he's not a heroic figure, but. It was, it was rough. And then the year after they get Obama. I'd be so the salty. Year after. I was, I'm still salty. Yeah. This has been another to- depressing episode. <laughs> I mean, just a lot to unpack. You know, and it's like we were talking about before, it's just like, especially like, you know, being inside and even if you have people that you're sheltering in place with, you still have like a lot more like time now for like thoughts and feelings um, that you maybe were distracted from before with like the busyness of like what life was. Um, So that on top of like, you know, election and sexual allegations against the only, our nominee, like against Trump. It's just stressful, so I'm I'm happy that we're able to um, come together and like talk it out, and that I ate an edible. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm actually I'm, feeling a really nice high. I'm not too high. Feeling good. I'm feeling good too. I'm something to eat after this. Zach, yeah, how you too. feeling? I'm feeling hungry for change. <laughs> I'm, I'm wow! Hungry. Look at that. And Thai food. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, we didn't you? Don't you don't. Weren't you trying not to order Thai food anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm hungry for it. Oh, I'm hungry for Mortal Kombat. Okay. Well, <laughs> Zach, the third time really is a charm. Yeah. This has been fun. I love joining you two for a deliciously stimulating conversation. Um, we, we love indulging with you as well. Right, we'll guys. take three helpings. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, yeah. uh, follow us at, at highly underscore highly political. At highly underscore political. Sorry to you froze. I'm just trying to, um, T, how many followers, Instagram followers do we have because of you right now? Um, well, I mean, I can't say they're all because of me, but we currently have 645. I mean, but ooh, ooh, ooh. we had like 490 at the beginning of this week, so. Yeah, we're we're going in strides. So follow nice. us, y'all, because it makes me really happy. This is like one of my pandemic pastimes. So <laughs> support your girl. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs>